0: Welcome everybody. This is Weird Mythic Podcast. I'm Naomi and I am here with Jason today. If everyone remembers, hey Jason. Uh we had him on our uh Krampus episode, and he's also the creator of Santa Maybe a Criminal, which nobody has been listening. Go ahead and just put me on pause and, and listen to Jason's Santa Maybe because it's freaking great and hilarious. Jason, say hey.
1: Hi, hi, you know, th- thanks for having me back. I'm, I'm so excited to be here, and uh, no, thank you for for the plug on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. The first season's done, and mm-hmm. we're moving on to some spinoffs in the next season, so I'm stoked to be back, and um, I'm excited to, to share a new, new creature tonight.
0: All right, cool. Yeah, thanks for even joining us. So everybody, Serena's not with us at the moment. Um, she is at home. Taking care of the kid and herself, they got sick and they got strep throat. So she's not even able to talk. She was gonna try to make it, but she just she just couldn't do it at the moment. So we will miss her. But uh, feel please, better. Yes, please get better soon. <laughs> she's she's the producer. I got to learn how to do all this real quick. So, <laughs> but um, always fun. Um, so today we will be talking about river and lake monsters. And I got a lot of monsters to talk about. What about you, Jason?
1: I've got one um, because, as I, if, if anyone listened to the last episode, that I know, I'm not very uh, prolific in my researching skills. But I've <laughs> got one that I'm that's actually very close to where I am right now, to where I live. Um, so I'm excited to talk
0: about. Awesome, it. Awesome, awesome. Um, I do want to mention to everybody that not only are you know Serena and I going to be at the true crime um podcast festival in dallas at the end of august but jason's going to be there too he does the true crime thing so yeah
1: yeah i'm excited about that it should be fun i'm going to be uh i'll be exhibiting like like the both of you will and um we'll have uh I'll be dressed in in Christmasy type garb. I'll be I will not be easy to um, to miss. <laughs> You'll be able to spot me from a mile away.
0: Oh, that's great! And what other things do you have going on for Santa? Maybe.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm I'm, I'm going to be dropping uh, an Easter Bunny spinoff here soon. Um, for those who uh, haven't listened yet, the Easter Bunny does make an appearance in season one. Um, the Tooth Fairy. There are some sinister things in her. Her uh, storyline that, that we're exploring, and I'm excited to do um, sort of a crossover episode with another podcast. Um, Stories from the In-Between, that'll be coming out. I don't know, I don't have quite a timeline on that yet, but it will be sometime in the next couple of months. The elves at the North Pole with Santagon, they, they have some... Uh, some issues with their, their work and uh, somebody has to step in and fill the void. So I've got a, a spinoff with that. And then the, the plan is season two of Santa may be a criminal will drop on uh, Halloween and, and go through uh, this coming holiday season. And I'm excited to do that. And while I'm at these uh, different festivals, I'll be at Crime Con uh, next week, uh, and then True Crime Podcast Festival, and then um, the Savannah Crime Expo. Um, there will be uh, an opportunity for me to talk to people about whether they think Santa is in fact guilty or innocent. We left that on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. at the end of season one. So um, hopefully, people have opinions and they share them
0: well, with us. I definitely have my opinions. I definitely awesome. think that, well, I'm just going to go ahead. I think Sam is innocent. That's where I'm coming from after this first season. So Beth. um, I, I actually, I have a question about your, uh, yeah. about the Nopo, actually. Yes. <laughs> so your main character, Richie Buck, he went to the Nopo. He's there for a few days and he got the key to the city, right? Yes. Okay. You mentioned two other people who got the key to the city. One was Will yeah. Ferrell, understandable completely. But the other was Andre Agassi. I need more information on how and why Andre Agassi got the key to the city. The
1: the, the elves loved Andre Agassi's tennis (laughs) skills back in the, uh, like, I guess it was the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was, yeah, I, I don't understand how that came to be. Um, there, there is another individual who was close, uh, who, who comes up in the Easter Bunny story, oh, okay. uh, soon who was very close to gaining the key to the city, but it, it, which is that, that character ties into another historic, uh, crime, um, in American history. Um, oh my so yeah, well, you'll get to hear about all of that here very soon. I'm very excited about the person that's going to play that character is a very good friend of mine um a wonderful actor writer director um a guy named Matt Croyle who okay. uh who will be playing the role that that iconic role that I will I will not name <laughs> just just yet so there's your tease right. but um I'm I'm stoked about it it's, it's great cool. but yeah yeah Will Ferrell Andre Agassi and Richie buck Those are the three.
0: That is just so great. As soon as you start to <laughs> say that and Andre Agassi and I was like that the tennis guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> with the beautiful
0: exactly. hair back in the day?
1: <laughs> I know. He he had beautiful hair and then he had a beautiful bald head. Yeah. yeah so also. he could do he could play both sides. It was it was very cool.
0: Yeah. No, I I really enjoy uh, Santa Maybe. I was totally had some questions. I'm going to ha- I'm going to actually re-listen to the first season so that I have more questions awesome. at the True Crime Festival. So, yeah. That's I'll awesome. Be coming
1: I can't more, wait. But
0: I definitely I had to ask about Andre Agassi. My mom was a huge (laughs) fan and I remember watching him as a kid in the nineties, like always on TV. So
1: absolutely. No, I, yeah, I look forward to your, to your other questions too. It's a lot of fun. It's a great, great time with that show. So thank
0: you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and talk about some monsters again. Um, we are going to be talking about rivers and lake monsters. Uh, do you want to go ahead and go first, ma'am?
1: Yeah, I can. Yeah. So, um, so I've got a couple things I, I kind of want to start mm-hmm. off with um, before I tell who my monster is. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I live here on the coast, on the Georgia coast, and I cannot tell you um, like how terrifying it is to be out. Like so the Atlantic, there's a lot of ship traffic that comes through here. Mm-hmm. So the the water is very murky um, and I can't tell you how terrifying it is to be in the water and feel something you know, (laughs) brush against your leg or your foot or whatever. Um, And uh, I mean, it's, it's really scary. I've seen dogs leap out of the water because they're so scared of whatever, you know, touches them underneath that they can't see. You know, I I remember this one time I was kayaking with some friends and this is probably the scariest time of my life uh, or one of the scariest times of my life. Um, and, And I capsized and I was like, I could see the dock from the distance and uh I was trying to swim back to it, but i I was also trying to the kayak was a barred kayak, so I didn't want to lose it, so I'm trying to swim with one arm and the tide's going out and I'm in the the this murky intracoastal waters for you know a few minutes mm-hmm. um while my my friends got out and 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 came and got me, and I was scared to death yeah. um because of of these you know, these mythic stories, these weird mythic stories, um, that, that I've heard growing up when I was a, a, and this is the last anecdote I'll tell you from a personal standpoint before I get into my monster. But, um, when I was a a very small kid, my, my Pawpaw, um, my, my mom's dad, um, we would go fishing on the Flint river, which is not the same river I'm going to talk about tonight, but we would fish on this, this other river. And he would tell me about, um, these catfish that were the size of of men, man sized catfish. Um, and I do know that they get very big. Um, but you know, as a, as a little kid hearing that it was just like, you know, absolutely terrifying and totally freaked me out. But, um, my story tonight comes from the Altamaha river, um, which, uh, is, is here in Georgia. Um, it's the largest fleet free flowing river, um, here on the East coast. um, it's 137 miles long. It runs from central Georgia uh, down like sort of past where I live mm. into southeastern Georgia, which that part of the, the state is called the Golden Isles. Um, and the creature that I'm talking about, my lake monster, mm. my river monster, is named after it. It's, it's called the Altamahaha.
0: <laughs> Altamaha.
1: Yeah, which is good because I have a comedy podcast, so it kind of plays into the... You know, there's a ha ha here for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, you know, I I'll talk about a little bit about this. I, I've gotten most of my um, my facts and things from uh, a couple of websites: exploresouthernhistory.com com and Legends of I like that. But
0: uh, Legends of America, yeah, I've used them before. Yeah, they're awesome.
1: Y- very very good stuff here. Yeah, so. Um, so yeah, so, um, a, a few interesting things about the, like the habitat in the river. Mm-hmm. Um, it was declared the seventh most endangered river in the U S in 2002, um, because of the, and, and, and I bring this up because, uh, there are a lot of power plants on the river and reservoirs and, you know, power plants like Mothman, things like that. You see things kind of around those um, UFOs and you see things around those sort of uh, structures. Um, There are, uh, you know, there's a real push to protect, you know, the the acres around, uh, around the river. Um, And it supports the largest concentration of rare species of any river in Georgia. So, I mean, this is not a, this is not a little Creek. It's, it's, the real deal. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, getting to the creature, um, it's uh, its nickname, the Altamahaha's nickname is Alti.
0: Alty.
1: Or Alti, Yeah, Alti or Alti. A-L-T-I-E. Which, you know, kind of, you know, if you were to draw a cartoon, I think it'd have like a little bowler cap and a bow tie <laughs> and a monocle and, you know, like some mutton-chop sideburns. But, um Anyhow, this guy's a, a rock star down in this area. Um, you can find lots of you know crafts and trinkets and things like that mm-hmm. from sort of the touristy areas down here um, that that are trying to capitalize on uh, on his presence. Um, but it, this is not a new phenomenon. Um, it it actually uh, the accounts actually go back to pre British colonialization um, to the the Tama Native American tribe, which was a was a an offshoot of the Creek okay. um, tribe, um, Native American tribes. Um, and, and these accounts, um, they show up as early. They also show up um, in, in, like, media, uh, like newspaper and things like that, and accounts as early as the 1800s. Um, and so um, the other kind of interesting note, uh, I think, is that this area that we're talking about, specifically around an area called Darien, Georgia, um, was settled by, like, Scottish Highlanders um, from the Loch Ness area of Scotland. Okay. So there's sort of a tie back to Nessie here, which I think is, is, is very interesting and probably the most, you know, famous, mm-hmm. you know, lake monster. Um, and initially, Darien was named New Inverness, uh, but they ended up changing it uh, to to Darien, um, as, as they settled there. So, so Alti, Alti, he, he or she, um, looks like sort of like a sturgeon. Uh, so it has like a sturgeon like body, mm-hmm. um, including, you know, like the bony Ridge on the dorsal yeah. backside. Um, it is it, said to have front flip front flippers, um, with, with no back limbs or, or, or fins, um, swim sort of like a dolphin, Uh, Has the snout of a crocodile, filled with you know large sharp teeth. Um, It's also uh, said to have large protruding eyes, Uh, and and I've seen the color to be gray or green or like gunmetal gray, probably depending on the light. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that sort of you know kind of the would sort of fit with the the that water. that we're talking about down there, um, has sort of a a whitish yellow underbelly. Um, And most of the reports I looked at said it's between 20 to 30 feet long. Um, Though I'm going to talk about one here in just a minute that places it as as quite a bit larger, but most of them kind of fall, you know, plus or minus a few feet Mm -hmm. um, off of that. Um, But like I said, you know, the the first reports uh, mentioned this uh, go back to the 1800s. Um, and, uh, one of these is from the Savannah, Georgia called the Savannah Georgian newspaper, um, which reported multiple sightings. Um, and, and this specific one was like, like 192, uh, years ago this week, which is interesting. Oh, okay. April, April 18th. So <laughs> we're, you know, we're recording on the 20th. So, um, so, so this, this quote is, is attributed to Captain, uh, Delano of the Schooner Eagle, uh, who saw this uh, creature off of St. Simon's Island. Um, and so the, the dispatch read, the animal he saw was about 70 feet long. So quite a bit larger yeah, than what I just said. 20, 30 feet. Yeah. Um, and its circumference about that of a sugar hogshead. <laughs> Okay. Moving with its yeah, moving with its head shaped like an alligator's, about eight feet out of the water. Um, so now a hogshead mm-hmm. in this reference is uh, like a large barrel or cask, I guess, for whiskey. Oh, okay, or bourbon or something, or I guess something like that. Um, so other eyewitnesses proclaimed that the creature was seen in Saint Simon's Sound to be a whale but none none could say for sure what it was. But Captain Delano was like, I know what a whale looks like. It's not a whale. He's
0: a captain of the boat. (laughs) Of course he knows what a whale looks like.
1: Exactly. Yeah. it's like, come on, back off. So, um, so yeah. And he had never seen this creature before or since, you know, in in the times of these um, accounts. So, um, so that was kind of interesting um, from him. Um, and, and we'll move a little closer now to present day, which is the ni- 1970s. Um, a guy by the name of Harvey Blackman of Brunswick. Uh, again, right? Uh, Brunswick is very near Darien. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he saw the creature in the 1970s. He said it was it had a snake-like head and was 15 to 20 feet long. And uh, he saw it at a, pl- a place called Two... Two way on the Altamaha River. Um, another eyewitness around that time named Frank Culpepper uh, saw the creature's wake, sort of in the same area, um, and said it left a like a billow of water behind, uh, so big that it caused the boats to to bump about. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and one of the people in in that sighting ran to get a rifle but couldn't uh, get a shot off before the creature was underwater and, and gone away. Um, but uh, Alti really got publicity in 1981 uh, because there had been some recent reports of, of Nessie, um, mm-hmm. its cousin from, from yeah. Scotland. Um, and uh, that's when a former newspaper publisher named Larry Gwynn reported seeing him uh, while fishing with his friend Stephen Wilson. And they said it had uh, two big humps, about five feet apart, and left behind the wake like that of a speedboat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it seemed like the creature was big, was quick, uh, was able to uh, to move through the area and you know, pretty pretty quick pretty quickly and easily. And so that's when uh, newspapers started kind of running national stories. And I'll and I'll just bring a, up a couple of other quick kind of scattered reports. Um, uh, not necessarily chronolog- chronologically. Um, this is one from the 20s. Uh, th- there were some timbermen riding the river uh, who reported seeing a large snake-like water monster. Um, in 1935, a group of hunters spotted what they called a giant, quote, giant snake swimming through the river. In the 40s, Boy Scouts reported seeing the creature. And you know the Boy Scouts <laughs> always tell the truth, <laughs> like Abraham Lincoln. Um... Uh, and also uh, two officials from the Reesville State, State Prison also reported seeing something similar in the 1950s. In 1969, there were two brothers that were fishing uh, and s- said they saw an animal that they first thought was a sturgeon. Um, but when they got a better look, they changed their mind on that. Um, they said it measured about 10 to 12 feet long. It's not like an alligator, like we have sort of mentioned. Horizontal tail. Um, they said it also had a triangular ridge along the top of its body with sharp pointed teeth, and, and this was one of the gunmetal gray colored um, mm-hmm. animals. Um, w- in one account, in the summer of 1980, two men reportedly saw saw him uh, him or her uh, <laughs> stranded on a mud bank near Cat Cathead Creek. They said the animal was lying halfway in the water, thrashing and trying to free itself from the bank, and described it being dark-colored with rough skin and about 20 feet long, and while they were watching it, freed itself and got back in the water and disappeared. Um, and then later that year, uh, a- another man in December reported seeing what he thought was the Yaltamaha in Smith Lake. Uh, he said that uh, that account was that the animal was 15 to 20 feet long, snake light with two brown humps, a couple of things we've seen heard before mm-hmm. that protruded from the water and left behind the wake like a speed, speed boat. So, um, and then in one other report in the eighties, uh, some crab fishermen described it as what appeared to be the world's largest eel. Um, so, um, the, the, the I will say I'll, I'll send you this link if you want to include, yeah. there is a, an amateur video of something in the water, um, which was taken in 2010 an amateur photographer captured a video of something strange swimming in the channel off of uh, Fort King George, um, which is a historic site in Darien. And, um, that's at, uh, what was the, the Georgia site that I mentioned a minute ago. So, so, so yeah, so, um, you know, there are, you know, these different independent, uh, you know, accounts of things that have very similar, uh, descriptions. Um, and, uh, you know, again, when I, St. Simon's is actually our favorite beach to visit. And so if I'm in the water down there and I feel something rubbing up next to me, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to pat its head and call him Alton. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's my, my, that's okay. my, my mom's my local monster there. I
0: like it. No, I've n- I've never heard of Alti before, so thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. Um so the the water at that that river and lake like can you see it? Like is it like like brown murky water like throughout it?
1: Yeah, it's very murky. Mm-hmm. So um you know, for, for where we are, so for instance, for, for Savannah mm-hmm. uh, and up this side of the coast here, and, and St. Simon's is pretty much due south of us, so in um, and, and Darien, so that's about, um, I don't know, 45 or 50 miles, 60 miles maybe south of Savannah. Savannah is like the uh, third, I think it's the third largest port in the country. Okay. So we have a lot of big ship traffic. Lots
0: of traffic, yeah. And,
1: yeah. And so it just churns and churns and churns. So the the water is very, very, um, super murky, like at Tybee Island, which is where, um, that's probably the closest beach for us. Uh, it's not our favorite cause we do love St. Simons. Um, but Tybee Island, like you literally, you can walk out and, you know, a few feet of water and you can't see anything, Okay, you know, in there. Um, and, um, and we actually, we like, we like Saint Simon's a little better because it, the the grade of the you know the shoreline in in the water is much less steep. Oh. So it's tiby you can walk out and then fall mm-hmm. you know, two feet all the a There's sudden. not just
0: but, a drop off randomly, yeah.
1: Yeah, Saint Simon's is a very gradual. So um, so yeah, um, it, it is. It's it's kind of it's creepy to mm-hmm. to be out in that water because you can't you can't see what's under no
0: huh, what's uh. on there you know yeah. So. The most that I can relate to that. So, uh, yeah, I'm in Sacramento. We got the Sacramento River going right through the North State right here. And it's also very murky and muddy. And I used right. to, we had the rope swing when I was a kid. I, I didn't grow up in Sac. I grew, I grew up an hour north and it's pretty rural up there. We had the rope swing and we would always jump right into the water off of the bank. It was so much fun. But you can't see anything. Like you step right into that water and it is mud, just mud all over. And there's huge sturgeon that are in the Sac river. There's huge catfish in the Sacramento river. I've heard stories of these catfish that are like eight feet long and they're just cruising in there. And I'm like, I used to swim in that man. Like (laughs) not anymore.
1: That's insane. (laughs) They are
0: huge. Uh, my, my dad knows people who like, uh, so they got all the drainage ditches, and so there's all those really big tubes and waterways. So sometimes they'll have, like, people from Fish and Game or people from the county. They'll have to go in and actually clear out some of those tubes and, and waterways. But they sure. they have they, what they do is they take this big stick and they kind of shove it through those tubes, and they'll be on top of it. So they're, they're like, shoving it underneath them into the tubes, right? And they will see yeah. catfish Whew, zoom right out. Like, and they're saying oh they're freaking gosh. huge. I'm like, oh, that's so scary. So that's
1: wild. I totally,
0: I, it would never, ever surprise me if in in Georgia, what you're talking about, where, um, where, so sorry, Alti is, it wouldn't surprise me if there's something huge just living in there. Why not? Sure. If it's big enough and there, there's no clear way to actually see to the bottom,
1: Right. Why not? It's kind of like that thing where they say, like, you know, like, uh, goldfish will kind of grow to like their, the, the, the size of their tank. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if there's no like boundary keeping you from stopping growing, as long as you can live and eat and, you know, kind of feed yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's certainly very, I mean, I, I think there, there are a lot of things in the water we don't know about mm-hmm. and, um. It wouldn't surprise me if there, if there was something something like this out there. Why
0: not? Um, I do remember this one time. I wasn't in the river. I was actually at the ocean here in Fort Bragg. And my dad likes to snorkel, and he goes diving. So when I was old enough, I was actually able to go with him. And me and my brother were snorkeling at, uh, I think it was at Russian Gulch, one of their beaches. And it's real nice. You could just walk right into the water. But on the specific day that I went... Decided to be windy as hell. So in the water, like, you know, all of the sand and dirt is getting whipped up. And again, I'm snorkeling. I I'm, I got the little thing on my mouth that's po- poking out the top. Sure. I can't see more than like, you know, a few inches in front of my face. And I'm like 14 and I'm a little scared, but I'm doing it. But I would have like the seaweed like brush against me and I wouldn't see it. And I would legit scream underwater in my snorkel and it scared oh, the yeah. hell out of me. night. I was like, "Oh, it's just seaweed." And I keep a little snorkeling, but
1: <laughs> yeah. it's so
0: scary if you don't you don't see it, you're not expecting it, and then something like just kind of grazes over you, and you're like, "What exactly. the hell?" Oh, it is so creepy.
1: Jaws ruined everything for anybody that went into the water. <laughs> I tell you, it's because it, yeah, that's all you think about. It's it's like, oh my gosh, it's a shark! It's a shark. Oh, <laughs> something's going to eat me here! Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely for
0: real, man. So. I, I have a few monsters. Um, I'm not, of course, awesome. going to go into like all kinds of detail, but I'm I'm going to give as much detail as I can because when when we talk about like river monsters, lake monsters, or even in the ocean, you know, giant something's that are out there that have never been um, scientifically proven or or sure. like really documented to say this is what this is. You know, there's so many different stories out there from all over the world. So. I'm actually going to start off by talking about one in West Africa, um, and it is called the Ninki Nanka. And specifically, they like to, or it likes to be in Gambia in the swamps. So, okay. yeah, very, very, very interesting. The the only thing about the the Ninki Yamba, or Sorry, Ninki Yamba. Oh my gosh, I just got today's episode confused with the inki Yamba from our other cryptid episode, <laughs> both in Africa. Sorry about that. The Ninki Nanka, again in West Africa, in Gambia, um, there has been sightings of this river monster since, I don't know, so long ago. It's been documented in their local traditions and local folklore. But what's really interesting about it is Not only is this thing about 30 feet long, if not bigger, but it has a long neck, like a giraffe. It also has horns and either a horse head or a um, a crocodile head, but has horns. Oh, nice. So, and I I didn't see anything about it having uh, flippers or anything like that, like some of the other ones that I've seen. But what I thought was really cool about this one is it has scales. I didn't come across a whole lot of river monsters with scales. And the specific right. thing about the Ninki Nanka is these scales are kind of like mirrors. So they, it's really shimmery. And that's the thing that catches people's eye is that they'll see it in the water. Then they're realizing this is a 30-foot-long something in the water. So right. that's kind of the first thing they see are these, you know, glittery scales. Um this-
1: so, so real quick, yeah. real quick question for you. So that's a, that's a really interesting thing that I had not thought about. So, okay. So scales uh, equal fish. Mm-hmm. And so since these other accounts like Alti for instance, that none of these accounts say scales. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, d- would you think that Alti and like Nessie and, and those ones that, and maybe you have more that are, that are going to mm-hmm. you know mirror this as well. Do you think they're mammals? Hmm. Like manatee, like, you know, uh, like, ma- you know, like a manatee or like yeah. a seal or, you know, but just, you know, stretched out.
0: No, no, yeah. That, well, that's one of the things is they're like, it has to be like a crocodile because it has scales, right. you know, right. but there's no crocodiles really in this area. Like there are, but not as many as you think. Um, sure. I don't know if it would be a mammal like, like.
1: A mammal or a reptile yeah. or uh a-
0: but what i always uh, go back to is i'm like so a lot of the river and lake monsters that i was doing research on had more of like a catfish type of look to it how it was real oh, smooth okay. instead of like the ninkinanka that has scales so
1: gotcha that was, okay.
0: that was the only thing i could think of i'm like i'm not quite sure actually but great question <laughs> call me <Okay>. out <laughs> <laughs> so um Another thing about it, I'm trying not to lose track of my paperwork here, but, so, there's a lot of, uh, like, stories that go back to how people would be telling their kids not to go to the swamps and play a whole lot because it's going to come out and get you. So, one of the stories I came across was, I wish I had a date for it, but I couldn't find a specific date, but I did find two different YouTube channels that described pretty much the same story, that there was this group of children... And they went over to the swamp in the water, and they were playing, whatever, having a fun time, doing what kids do. When they saw the Ninki Nanka rise up out of the water, and they said it had just a very long neck and a giant head. And it came at them. So they take off running, but this thing is really fast and actually got one of the kids.
1: Oh, my gosh. And sadly,
0: it sounded like it started eating the kid.
1: So oh the gosh. rest of the
0: group of kids took off running to the village, and they're telling everybody, like, what happened? Like, we were just playing. We weren't paying attention, but so-and-so is still out there. So a group of men from the village went to the swamp where the kids were. And they, they not only did they not find the kid who was left behind, sadly, the only thing they found was, like, there was some disturbance on, on like, the shore in the muddy area. Yeah. And there was blood in the area as well. Oh, yeah, I'm like that one's pretty freaking creepy. So I, I, I almost
1: that. said that. <laughs> I almost said Ninky Nanka sounded like a really cute name, and now I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I thought this was more like Alti, like just hanging out in a in a bowler cap and a bow tie, <laughs> no, but this is a, a no vicious creature. This
0: one has been known to drag people underwater. So, oh, gosh. um, it's actually there was. So in 2006, the center, the center for 14 Zoology, I'm not quite sure what that entity is, <laughs> but they yeah. went to Gambia, and they wanted to really investigate what everybody was saying was out there that's been out there for hundreds of years. And they started talking to locals in the area, and a lot of people started saying that it re- it kind of looked like what a Chinese dragon would look like. Like you, you think of oh. Chinese dragons and they got the long serpent type bodies with the little feet at the sure. ends and really big head. And they sometimes have a crest on their head. That's what yeah. they were really reporting. And they actually it had a whole lot of media coverage that it has an official name for this group going out to Gambia. It's called the JT Downs Memorial Gambia Expedition of 2006. So I wasn't able to do a whole lot of research on that, but I'm going to because I need to know
1: yes. a
0: little bit more about what they found or what they didn't find.
1: Do you, do you like the the show The Office? I do. Have you ever watched this? Okay, so it's kind of like reminds me of like the Michael Scott fun run for you know rabies, exactly. research, whatever that thing was. Like this super long name of yeah, I you know it's great. It just
0: kept going like they couldn't stop yes. with the name <laughs> J T Downs <laughs> Memorial. Gambia expedition. Very big words too. Like, dude, cut it out <laughs> there. Um, what I thought was cool and I don't I saw the episode. Do you have you ever watched anything with Josh Gates? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, Absolutely. Thank
0: you. I, yeah. I love Josh Gates. Just
1: he's great. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. There,
0: one of my favorite people. Um, yeah. on his show Destination Truth, they, they went out to do research and find if they could see anything. I don't think they got any Hardcore evidence like they did on their Bigfoot Yeti episode. But um, I just love the fact that he went out out there. Um, There's also, where's this other story? I have another story. Oh, yeah. In 2003, a National Park Ranger in Gambia saw something slide into and under the river at one point. He said it looked like a Chinese dragon. Uh, He said he watched it for an hour going in and out of the water, just kind of doing whatever I guess, Chinese dragons or African dragons do. They're right. just playing in the water. Um, but after he saw the creature, he got sick. And he got so sick that he actually had to go and get a potion from a witch doctor to make him better. Nice. So So, <laughs> this actually has something else going on with it. There has been... Um, some people saying that when you see the Ninki Nanka and that it kind of has a Medusa effect on you. So instead of you like turning to stone and dying, it actually makes you sick. And there was another report from 1983 of the, a member of the Papa Linda tribe saw something in the water and he was just sitting there watching it and watching it. And he's like, yeah, this is this, I don't know what this is. Um, and then, Two weeks after that, sadly, the man died, but it was like a really slow progression. Like it was almost immediately after and wow. he started he wasn't able to walk afterwards and then passed away within two weeks after seeing it. Um, there was another story that I came across where and oh, man, I know I had a date for this, but I don't. <laughs> so there was this other story. Oh, no, I do. In the the ni- in 1980 a gas station that's near uh, one of the swamps in Gambia, all of a sudden exploded. And what the guy at the gas station said was it was the Ninki Nanka. And he had a witness to say that he also saw it. And it came into the gas station, like, like almost slammed through it, and started almost like biting on some of the pipes in the gas station. Wow. The way that these two men got away to tell their story was they grabbed the mirror that was like there at the store and showed it to the Ninky Nanka. So they like showed it itself to itself, you know, and yeah. it got scared and went away. But the gas station still exploded. And there was like an investigation into this in 1980 where they couldn't find any evidence of this not happening.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. You know, if I'd have been that cop, I would have been like, you know, you guys stole like a pack of Marble Reds and right? lit up out next to the gas pumps. Like, That's what I know. was thinking the
0: whole time. I'm like <laughs> reading this. I was like, dude, it's a gas station. It's in the 80s. Like some- yeah. something's wonky here. But they did. That's they funny. did an investigation and they couldn't really say that something didn't destroy the pipes, I guess.
1: Sure. So. That's interesting. So I, so I have a question yeah. for you too. So going back to like the fact that people get um sick i mean this is another thing that kind of comes up with a lot of these um these you know weird mythic lore type stories <laughs> yeah. like king tut and you know like you know there was some of that sort of with mothman and mm-hmm. um or like the sense of foreboding and all that like you know do you have any theories on why why that is um like is that like a smoke screen you know let's say these things are real like these things are from other dimensions or whatever um like is it is this a smoke screen to uh like hide like hide them from the mainstream or like do you have any like sort of theories on why there might be these effects on people who experienced this phenomenon?
0: I don't have any theories on a why. Um, I just found that, you know, in some of the folklore that they're like, you don't want to look right at it because something bad right. can happen. But what it kind of would remind me of is alien abductions. You know, yeah. People would get sick after saying that they were abducted or um, they would have like weird dreams where they were on a table and then they have some yeah. sort of injury afterwards that related sure. to that dream. That would be probably my only correlation between the two.
1: It just seems very odd to me that they're like, you know, I I think that you find, you you know, when you look at these different topics like this, it's Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me when you find these things that are like, you know, that are kind of across, you know, are largely across the board Mm -hmm. similarities. And, you know, especially when you can tie it into, you know, if you can certainly, if you can tie it into some sort of, scientific proof that okay yes so and so got sick after they claimed they saw such and such mm-hmm. and then you can't tie that account to something that happened halfway across the world because it happened independently of this other thing it's just an interesting mm-hmm. um an interesting thing to
0: me I, I completely agree man and it really does just kind of bring up more questions than answers every time sure, sure. <laughs> absolutely um so yeah that was the the ninky nanka um, Ninkinaka. again, I, I couldn't really find like any real, like, like, like how, uh, the Loch Ness monster, there's photo evidence of it, or there's video evidence. I'll put that in quotes, evidence of it out yeah. there, uh, could not find that with this one, but there's, sure but, uh, as I said, in one of my other, on one of our other episodes, um, a lot of places, especially in like Africa and South America, a lot of it is, through word of mouth, it's through stories passed down from right. from everyone. And if I had an opportunity to talk to people in this area, I definitely would talk about this.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So speaking of the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie, the most famous out of most lake and river monsters, of course. Um, just a little bit about that. I thought it was really cool that there has been two different sonar explorations into Loch Ness to see if they find anything. There was one done in 1987. They didn't find anything. (laughs) There was also done one in 2003. They didn't find anything. Um, But in 2018, we're getting real real current here, guys. 2018, somehow there has been some sort of organism or some sort of, I'm going to put just say DNA sample they found something in loch ness that got back to some science i don't know which scientist got this i have it in i have it like in my notes on what website i got it from but um they were able to get a dna survey done on lake ne- on loch ness and they didn't find any evidence of like a plesiosaur or dinosaur type creature there but they did find evidence of eels being in Loch Ness. So they've, they've known that there has been eels there, but I think the fact that they couldn't direct it to a specific eel that is in Loch Ness. I thought that was interesting. They found something that they couldn't trace back to a specific eel or specific fish or, or a mammal for that matter, you know? So.
1: That is interesting. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it could be some sort of unknown species of eel that Mm -hmm. just grows bigger.
0: Exactly. Um, There has been like an eighty there just because of Nessie and Loch Ness. It actually brings um, Scotland eighty million American dollars annually just for people to go there and see it. Which I just that's freaking great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's very cool.
0: Yeah. Um. Another thing, just for everyone to keep in mind that Loch Ness is. One of the largest, if not the largest, freshwater lake in Great Britain with a depth of 788 feet. So, that's a big place, guys.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's like, that's almost uh, two and a half football fields. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Yes.
1: That's crazy. Uh Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um of course, everyone can go online and see all the famous photos of Nessie. Um, I only, th- I do believe that the one famous photo from the '90s was actually proven to be a hoax, sadly. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of other evidence out there. Um, going back to like, they have sightings of Nessie since 200 AD. Like, wow. it's been there for a long freaking time. And one of the first written accounts was from 565 A.D. from a missionary, like seeing it out there.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah, oh, like
0: it's
1: crazy. It, 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 that's another thing too. It's like the the um, it's it's. I mean, this, the consistency with with these things, and mm-hmm. I don't think a missionary in 560 A.D. or whatever <laughs> it was would would be like, oh, I'm just going to make up this you know, thing, you know, and
0: the, that's how I feel the, too. Especially the, the fact that he's a missionary and he's going there to pretty much convert everybody over to Christianity. What does, right. what does Nessie have to do with any of that? <laughs> like, right, really right. Why would he Absolutely. even write it down to say that he saw something? Um, but yeah, he just said that it was this giant humped creature, smooth, long neck with flippers. <laughs> like that's there what we go. hear. <laughs> Um, that's awesome yeah um, so yeah that was I had to you gotta mention Nessie if you're gonna talk about Lake Monster of course
1: yeah and you know the other thing too is like you know when you mentioned the the one that was the hoax Mm -hmm. I mean certainly you know with sort of the like the proliferation of like capitalizing on these different creatures Mm -hmm. you know and and someone seeing you know with some nefarious purpose they see oh like people are making a lot of money on this stuff Mm -hmm. or getting a lot of exposure on this stuff, you know, then you're going to have these, you know, sort of charlatans Mm -hmm. or these, you know, people that are going to, like, try to capitalize on that for their own gain. Um, But there's such a long history of the stories without, you know, without the sort of the the capitalist sort of thing tied Mm -hmm. to it. It was just like lore or it was experience and I think that's really interesting. That um, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot less cynicism, and I think probably the the accounts that we have from like before the internet, you know,
0: <laughs> or even you know, like before became, like, the turn of the century, because there's some sites sure. that go back to the to the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Like you said, in the in the 80s, there was a huge boom in people seeing these creatures, because it wasn't just sure. in Georgia. It happened in Scotland as well, with Nessie in the
1: 80s. Right, right.
0: Also happened in Lake Tahoe.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah.
0: Have you heard of Tessie?
1: I have not heard of Tessie. You know, yeah. like, maybe in passing, but like, I didn't pay it any attention.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Tessie also goes back to Native American lore. <laughs> it's okay. been there a long time. Um, the Washoe and Paiute Indians, they they believe that the east shores of Cave Rock and Lake Tahoe, it's a very sacred place, and that's where they think that Tessie kind of uh, lives, or that's one of their her main places. So okay. um, one of the first reported sightings, like from somebody who's not a Native American, <laughs> was from this guy in 1897. He goes by the name of I.C. Coggin. He was a man from San Francisco. He reported seeing a 600-foot monster serpent in the woods near the lake.
1: Yeah. Did you say 600 foot?
0: 600 foot.
1: Oops. Yeah. That's like almost as deep as Loch Ness. I know.
0: That's why I was like I can... 600 foot. That was in 1897 Whoa. from one person, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that was probably the biggest one that I've seen. All the others sure. are like seventy feet at the most. I've never come across anything yeah, six hundred right. feet until this one guy said that he saw it. But
1: that's that's amazing. I, I wish he would tell how like the size fish he caught. You know, remember that story? Yep,
0: here. yep. Fish gets bigger every <laughs> Definitely storm, a yeah. fisherman. Definitely. <laughs> um, but there were sightings in the 1900s. Of course, there were some in 1950. There is two off-duty police officers who were out fishing, and they were on the boat, and they saw a large creature swimming under their boat, but it was keeping the speed of their boat. So, and oh, they wow. said it was about 60 feet, which is much different than 600. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, 60 uh, feet, um, keeping speed with their boat. So, wow. that's very fast. Um. Have you heard of Josh? I might pronounce this name wrong, but he is famous. (laughs) Jacques Cousteau? Yes. Yeah. Uh, He went to Lake Tahoe to go see if he could find Tessie.
1: Really? Yeah, Yeah, in in
0: the 1970s. So this is freaking wild, man. He took a few, a few mini subs into Lake Tahoe. I'm not sure exactly how deep. He was able to get because it's I do I have it written down. Let me see if I've written down somewhere. Of course I don't. Oh wait, I do. The maximum depth of a uh, depth of a Lake Tahoe is one thousand six hundred and forty-four feet. Okay. Wow. So okay. just keep that in mind. This is a six hundred foot deep lake, guys. Um, and as Jacques Jacques Cousteau took a few different trips with many subs into Lake Tahoe, he didn't report seeing anything. But what he did say was, and this is his quotes, the world isn't ready for what is down there.
1: I'm like, wow. But you're
0: not going to tell us what the fuck you saw, man? Like...
1: Yeah. And he was like a, like very yeah. famous, like whatever oceanographer, I don't yep. know what they're called, but whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: He went into the water a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's crazy. That huh.
0: Got my mind going. Like I was like, what? Yeah. what?"
1: <laughs> That's insane.
0: Yeah. Um, There was more sightings in the 80s, of course. Um, There was these two uh, other policemen, which I just think is funny, but two Reno policemen who were there skiing on Lake Tahoe. One was named Chris Beebe. The other, his name was Jerry Jones. Um, They saw a very unusually large creature swimming pretty much right next to them as they're skiing, which I wouldn't know what I would do if I was on skis and saw some creature just Swimming no next
1: shit.
0: To you? <laughs> Hurry up and get me to shore, man. Pull me in. I'm going to be yeah, out of no water. No kidding. My God. Uh, there was another uh, sighting in actually uh, July 12th, 1984, and it was actually posted in the San Francisco Chronicle that two women had seen Tessie. A month before that, two other women who were hiking in Lake Tahoe. Um. Also, saw Tessie. So within a two-month period, the San Francisco Chronicle put out there that these are the sightings. Um, in June of 1984. Before that article was posted, what the two women who were hiking saw—they were just hiking, and they happened to see something swimming in the lake, you know, below them, and they're looking down, like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah. They—they they, honestly, they thought it was a capsized boat at first because it was like this weird hump. And it was kind of moving through the water. So they're like, okay, that's strange. Yeah. But then they're like, okay, that's like 17 feet long. And it surfaced like a submarine and would go back down under the water. So then they're like, okay, this wow. isn't a capsized boat. And then all of a sudden they saw more than one hump. And it was going in and out of the water pretty much like like how I would, um, I would describe it as almost like a whale or a dolphin is what they were saying, like coming up and out like that in the water. Um, So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, creepy. But they sat there and watched it for a while. Um,
1: That's wicked.
0: A lot of people think that it is just a giant sturgeon, which I think a lot of um, these giant lake monsters are usually what they say. It's a a giant sturgeon because they are pretty pretty prehistoric looking. So that makes sense. Um, But, yeah. A couple things about Lake Tahoe, though. Um, it's There's a lot of stuff that goes on at Lake Tahoe. There has been um, theories that there's underground river systems that go all the way out to Pyramid Lake, which is also in um, Nevada, but not really near Lake Tahoe, but kind of. But there's, like, okay. an underwater, like, lake system is what they're thinking. Um, they also think that even though there's no eels, in Lake Tahoe that maybe it's some sort of eel that we haven't discovered. So Got it. there's a lot of odd things near Lake Tahoe in that area. So the fact that there's a river monster definitely goes along with a lot of their other folklore. So,
1: How far is Lake Tahoe from like area 51?
0: Oh man. I actually looked that up to, um, I think it's a big distance, though. I don't is think it? Okay. close.
1: I just yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: but I like where your head is at. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right, I do have a couple other to talk about, but I'm only going to talk about one, <laughs> just okay. because I just think it's.
1: I was long-winded, and I, I we are so, both ton. long-winded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I also wanted to talk about um, the Pogo, which is actually in okay. Canada. So part of the Great Lakes, actually, is where this lake monster is known to reside. So um, in Agopogo, mainly in British Columbia, but it's all kind of connected up there. Sure. um, The First Nations up there uh, have been seeing this creature since the 19th century. At least it's been reported since the 19th century. And they believe that the Agopogo is actually more of a water spirit but it's also just one of these giant flipper creatures with a long neck and a giant head. So when European settlers were coming into like the British Columbia area and they were settling and they were hearing these stories and this, you know, they would sometimes see stuff in the water. They thought of it as more of a demon. So then it got a completely different rep after that happened. But this is another 40 to 50 foot long sea serpent, or I guess, you know, some type of serpent in the water, multiple humps, green and black skin, and the head of a horse or a snake. So, okay. The thing about this is, I thought it. Was, I found this on one of the articles. Was that sixteen percent of British Columbians one hundred percent believe this creature exists? Wow! I, I love that. I was like, that's that's awesome. Actually,
1: yeah. So. I would like
0: to know how many people believe in Tassie, to be honest. (laughs) Like how many people in the Lake Tahoe area do believe that this creature is out there? But there has been so many sightings from 1855, 1872. Then there's one from 1914 where this uh, group of um, First Nations people from West Bank, they came across a carcass that weighed 400 pounds, five to six feet long, Blue and gray in color and had flippers and a tail. Wow. That doesn't describe anything in that area that's usually seen in that area.
1: Sure, sure. Wow. I think
0: it's great that they said that they have the carcass of it. There's nothing reported about what they did with the carcass, though. But what my thought is, is that if this is from the First Nations people, they probably treated it with respect and put it away somewhere. Buried it, put it back in the river. Whatever you do, but I, it does not surprise me that they didn't call like a museum or a scientist or anything like that. That does not surprise me. Um, There has been multiple photos taken of the Agapogo. There's one from 1964 called the Parmenter photo. There's the Fletcher photo from the 70s. The golf photos from the 70s and 80s. There's there's plenty of photo evidence of this thing being out wow. there. And it does kind of remind you of Loch Ness, how it is kind of like blurry. You know, the, the one that's the hoax, kind of the same thing. You'll see like a hump or something and then you'll see ripples or you'll see something right. with a long neck coming out of the water. I just I don't know. I, I thought that one was really interesting, too. Um, Monster Quest was there in 2009 looking for it. So <laughs> got to mention that. There was this um, couple in 2008 who were on the shore of Peachland, and they happened to look out into the water, and they took 11 photos of this creature, and it looks pretty odd. I'm not a professional in any way, but some of these photos, I was like, I I can't tell if it's doctored. There's no way for me to know, but it was in 2008. People can definitely make their own photos, but I just thought it was cool that there was 11 different photos.
1: Right. That's
0: very cool. Um, There was also, we don't have a date for this for some odd reason, but in British Columbia, there are a couple of scientists who somehow got a tissue sample of something from that river in British Columbia in that lake. Um, A local man named Dan found something, some creature, near Lakeshore Road while he was kayaking. Supposedly, some sort of carcass, and he's the one who was able to give them a DNA sample, and he has the creature in his freezer.
1: So, oh my god!
0: (laughs) But I can't find anything about the DNA sample about that article that I was reading. They didn't want to give up too many names because it's all still being examined, investigated, looked at. So,
1: oh my gosh! Wow, the
0: Agapogo in in Canada, guys.
1: That's wild. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'll have to go look up these. Uh... How do you spell that?
0: I'll go Pogo. Let me get back to yeah. that. It is. O.G. O.P. O.G.
1: Okay. So. Um,
0: it also has a different name, though, from the First Nations people. I might mispronounce this, but it's a Naitaka. N-A-I-T-A-K-A. And that goes back to being a sea or uh, an, some type of water spirit. So, um, But, yeah, there's all kinds of others. Uh, ones that I really didn't talk about was the one in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I really? know. It's called Bessie. <laughs> <For> Lake- <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, for uh, South Bay Bessie, it's in Lake Erie. So if anybody's okay. out near Lake Erie, you guys got one, too. <laughs>
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, and there was a
0: lot of sightings oh on it as well. Um, but yeah, there's just I I really like the whole sea monster, lake monster, river monster thing, just because as you said earlier, there's just there's so much out there that we don't know about waters in general. And sometimes we can't right. even go to certain depths and feet to even look and do research and discover new things. Who's to say there isn't something out there in these giant lakes alone why not sure I-
1: yeah no absolutely <laughs> i'm with you it's it's so it's so interesting <laughs> i think that's those are those are awesome thank you for sharing those. that's <laughs> of great of
0: course man um this has been a great long episode i hope everybody enjoyed it we're gonna kind of wrap things up here everybody please go to uh our instagram which is at weird mythic podcast Follow us on Facebook at Weird Mythic Podcast, and please go hang out with Serena. Serena, we missed you this episode. Um, Go to Twitter, and that's just at Weird Mythic. If anybody has any of their own sightings, especially about these, you know, creatures in the water, please send us an email at weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com. Go to any platform that you get your podcast fix and give us a like, a download, comment, don't care which, just something. Let us know you're listening, and I appreciate it a lot, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. Well, first of all, thanks so much <laughs> for having me back. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Um, it was a great episode uh, to be a part of. Um, yeah, and so Santa may be a criminal, um, wherever you listen, um, at Santa maybe on most socials, uh, at Santa maybe pod, at Santa maybe podcast on some of the others. But um, yeah, definitely like, follow, mm-hmm. subscribe. Uh, do five-star ratings, all those things to, to help us get, get big. And, um, I, I just really appreciate you, you guys letting me come on and we miss Serena, but hopefully I'll get to come back again and we can, we can do the trio again. And, uh, uh, I, I really appreciate you and I love the show and, um, I'm, I'm excited to have you you both on one of these iterations of Santa. Yes. Maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something. I don't know which which piece it's going to be yet, but I'm going to get with you both. Okay. And it's going to be fun. Hit
0: us up. Um, I think that would be great. I love Santa Maybe. Everyone definitely should listen to that. He just finished the first season. And we are both, all of all three of us, are going to be at the um, True Crime Podcast Festival in Dallas at the end of August. So please yes. come by and say hi to us all. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right. You have a good one.